You're listening to The Cynic Weekly. If you enjoy our weekly podcast, you might be interested in finding out how to access even more Cynic content. By signing up for a full Cynic subscription at thecynic.co, you'll have access to Celtic-related podcasts throughout the week. For a monthly fee, you get access to a range of podcasts covering your favourite football club. We cover a range of topics from news and current events to the history of the club, analysis of games, player profiles, coverage of the women's team, quizzes and much more. We have our own app or you can download your private RSS link to podcast players. You can also access content via our website so you can listen in the way that works for you. To find out more, visit thecynic.co or email info at thecynic.co. We pride ourselves in being an independent platform. You won't be bothered by any outside advertising or folk trying to sell you stuff and you can cancel your subscription at any time. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting The Cynic. Welcome to the Cynic Weekly. It's Thursday, the 16th of February 2023. I am your host, Christopher Gallagher, and we are going to talk about Glasgow Celtic in a deep and exciting way. We are joined, a bit weird, I off to a bad start, a bit odd that. Um, we are joined as always by our good friend Christopher Samani. Hello, Christopher, how are you? Not bad, Chris. Good to be here. Going forward to this, talking about Celtic, and I uh, can't remember what you said, but aye, we'll do that. Good, lovely stuff. Uh, Chris, uh, good to have you. Uh, our good friend Alan Edgar is uh, indisposed, I believe is the phrase, and he uh, yeah, he sent his apologies. We have an incredible replacement for you. It's uh, Paul Carlin. Hello, Paul. How are you? Not good friend, Paul Carlin. No, it's just Paul. Paul Carlin. Fine. Acceptable. Um, good. Great to be on the weekly. Out from behind the paywall. It's like when Andy Tom played for the reunited German national team, having played for East Germany before the collapse of the Berlin Wall. Exactly. Have, you, have you been thinking about that for a while? Because that's very good. I did it in the car. Can't remember that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you, got, you got to make an impression when you're on the weekly. Do you know what I mean? You can't come in and just be soft. Yeah. Very good. Right in. Nice and hard, Paul. Um, <laughs> Jesus, off the bad start. Yeah. Um, your favourite Andy Tom goal, Chris, Sir Manny? Uh, the one at Highbrooks. Uh, very easy, isn't it? The one at Highbrooks. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the one against Dundee United uh, when we scored two late goals to beat them uh, Scottish home Cup. in yeah. the Scottish Cup and the temporary stand was up, but it's, uh, it's the one at Highbrooks. Fair enough. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. We've got some questions from uh, the listeners. Uh, they are fantastic, as always. We've got lots of news and we'll go over the game from last week and look ahead to the Aberdeen game on Saturday. Um, let's start. Uh, get a question. We got a question from Kirk in Brooklyn. Uh, he sent this question this afternoon. Uh, so, opening question. Seems to me that the team have regressed a bit since that stretch uh, last September when we thumped Rangers and at least for 60 minutes gave Real Madrid a scare. For all the solid results since then, our performances have seldom shown the same verve, fluency and intensity. Any thoughts on why? Uh, thanks for sending in the question, Kirk, of course, uh, in Brooklyn. No Sleep to Brooklyn, uh, the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite Beastie Boys song? No Sleep to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, what's your favourite <laughs> Beastie Boys song? Uh, the one against Rangers. Yes. <laughs> Very good. 
Uh, okay. It's actually root down from um, ill communication. Great. Uh, <laughs> you asked me a question. I thought it was going to be intergalactic because you like Star Trek. But uh, question, what's your thoughts? Uh, can you, lack, can oh, you repeat the question? Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. No, right. Why do we lack the fluency? Verve uh, and intensity we did at the start of the season. I don't really know the answer to that, but I think that's something that we, we've talked about that in the weekly um, before, that we're getting results. We're putting goals past teams now. There was obviously a period of time where I think we were criticising the team for not being clinical enough. But whilst I can't put my finger on why that's the case, it's probably feeds into why I think that we've got levels that we can go up. Because you do get that with those patches. I mean, the St Mirren game is probably a good example, and I know we'll come and talk about that a wee bit more. For large parts, that was really terrible. Um, and then... We made some changes, and I know they, they went down to 10 men, but some of the late play okay, against a team that were already kind of bowed and already beaten, there was far more, you know, that we kicked into gear a wee bit, and, you know, some of the stuff at the very end was pretty nice. So I really don't know what the reason is. I'm sorry. My analysis here isn't very good, but we've seen enough of us in patches in terms of, of what we can do. You're start, you, you do have at the back in your mind, if we do click, if we do finally just kind of, you know, slip into gear properly, we can start to put men, a number of goals past teams and, you know, and, and put in performances. But, you know, we've seen that. Are, from, are you completely unhappy with them? Or No, I, I don't. I mean, who was the guy's name for Brooklyn? Kirk. 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 Kirk's point, I, I, can, I understand why he's saying it, because the Dundee United 9-0 game, um, certainly when we put Rangers to the sword, I don't really count the Real Madrid game. That was more kind of plucky you know, Champions League qualification uh, team for us. It wasn't really, I'm not, I don't look back in that campaign fondly, so maybe I'm being a wee bit kind of harsh on it, but there's been a couple, a handful of performances this season that you've looked at as being the benchmark, What we, you know, as an expectation for us to produce going forward. After Dundee United, we said, we're going to take 10 goals off of a team this season, and we've not done that. I don't know if that's, you know, stop start. The season obviously had the World Cup in there. There's been some fitness issues, various other things like that. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but again, it leads back to the point I've got in my head again that, you know, we've seen what we're capable of. That's the level we should be aiming for and maybe we'll get there. But um, I do feel bad because somebody else probably would have some ideas why that's not the case, but I don't. <laughs> Paul, thoughts? Going to have a biscuit. This is a good question because it made me actually think about have I been watching the same Celtic games as Kirk? Because I'm quite entertained. Um, I don't think it's been a much of a slog. I think there's been a couple of games and a couple of performances where it's been kind of crap, but I think we have to expect that. You know, this is nothing like second season Rogers, right? Which was a slog after how exciting the first season was. Um, I, I think some players are playing really well. I, I mean, I think sometimes, if, if we're looking for an answer as to why, right, I've got two suggestions. One is sometimes a combination in midfield, which we saw at the weekend, but it's Moy and Turnbull does not work, right? Um, as three reasons actually so I think that's one of them the second one is teams are now basically putting a, a man on Callum McGregor pretty much every game and I think that nullifies him to a degree and the third reason and I think this is maybe a bit of a more um, kind of a what's the word when you're talking about like, holistic kind of reason for the the breakdown in that fluency is VAR because it takes the pace out of the game so much um, 
And I think we're since that came since that when did that come in October? Yeah, which is just a wee bit after those games against Rangers and all that. So I think there's a few reasons behind it, but at the same time, I don't think we've been bad. I mean, we're, we've hardly conceded any goals. We score at least two goals every game. We see some moments of real magic. So I don't think it's maybe as as unfluent or there's a lack of intensity as as other fans think. I mean, I think it's a good question. Your, your thoughts, Chris? I think that's a long-standing point on the cynic, obviously, about breaking lines from the back and McGregor coming deep. And Paul makes the point that a lot of teams, a lot of times, teams put a player to sit on them, and maybe Vickers and and Starfield aren't as great at you know bringing the ball out or breaking those kind of um, lines as we think Kobe Ashy might do. That's maybe get a part of it. I do think also that some of the performances that we've shown this this season has led to teams being even more defensive than they yeah, usually that's, are. Yeah, that's so I think I think we're finding that certainly definitely at Celtic Park teams are coming for pure damage limitation to mm. an extent and that's happening more away from home, I think, as well than normally it does. But there's something else though, and it goes back to the point where I can't put my finger on. There just there seems there there just seems as if there's something missing that it's not clicking. I totally agree with Paul. Largely speaking, in most games, that you know, I'm fairly entertained with how we are. I always want more. Um, demand more. You demand more, mm-hmm. but you've always got it in the back of your mind, though, that when you've seen a couple of flashes of it this season, that that fluency, you're not going to get that every week, but I still thought we would see it more. And I don't know if that's just because we're coasting through games, or, you know, and we're just kind of saying right on to the next one. Certainly, when the manager makes the, the changes at 60 minutes. Sometimes you're thinking that that will maybe pick up the intensity as players are kind of trying to impress. That's not really happening. We're just kind of seeing games out. I don't know, but there is something that's missing and I still think we've got the potential to see that. So hopefully later in the season, we'll see some more smashing performances. Do you think Do you think there's any individual players that are not hitting their standard, usual standard? I would say... Jota maybe is one of them. I yep. think he's had some brilliant moments this season and scored some important goals. And um, he is a talismanic player. Um, O'Reilly, while he has been contributing in a in a kind of statistical manner, what we're watching on the pitch isn't always as well. There's, there's a reason he's not starting every game the way Hatati is, and that's no disrespect to O'Reilly because you know we, we, we can throw all these caveats about him being young and you know lack of experience at this level consistently. That's fine, but if he was if he was playing at his top form, he would start every game. That Ange's made that clear. So yeah, I, I don't think it's any kind of uh, talking out of school to say that he's not particularly hit the heights we thought he would. Um, I think teams in Scotland have. After the 9-0, I think the 9-0 genuinely put the Frighteners up a lot of teams mm. and a lot of managers thought, I don't want to be on the other, on the other hand of a other side of a 9-0. So I think there's a lot of contributions, Kirk. Uh, I think the, the verve and the fluency, I think, and intensity, you'll always get that at the start of the season as well. I think... I don't think the break has helped us when where, where, where it's been in the season in regard to the World Cup and everything. I think if we'd had the January break, it w- we would be looking to come back now and have that verve. I think between up until December, every single season, uh, we kind of just, you're always talking about getting over that line, getting over that line, getting over, and that, we, that break came earlier. Mm. And so coming back kind of November time, I think it's just kind of put us off our kind of stride a little bit. So, yeah, I think there's lots of. I mean, this is it's it's like a, a a gumbo of kind of things that haven't just kind of quite 
boiled right. And I think, so Manny's right, I think this team, it's just going to take one thing. And I know we've been saying that for a while, but it could be winning the League Cup. Yeah. But it's not been that bad. I, I really want to stress that. I don't like. Am I? Am I wrong? No, no. Like, I, th- I, th- I think. I think it's been great at points this season. I think we've been. I think there's been some real big highs. I think there's been some frustrating, not even lows, just frustrating middlings, mm. um, where we've you know maybe got the um, result but not necessarily performed well. But no, I'm. I mean, to be honest, I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Samani's as happy as he can be. That, that, is, that is literally Samani as happy. That's me ecstatic. <laughs> Um, great question, Kirk. Thanks. Uh, he certainly got us chatting. Uh, some news. We've got some news. Celtic striker Kyogo Furuhashi still hopeful he'll be fit for the Viaplay Cup final against Rangers after sustaining a shoulder injury against St Mirren on Saturday. So, Viaplay Cup final. I would call it the League Cup, Chris. You're bound to a sponsor there. Capitalism is bad, gal. What did we win in 1998? 1997. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. That's Coca Cola. What's what the fuck's Viaplay? You know what I mean? Coca Cola worldwide. Oh, I've just fallen for capitalism. Aye, done capitalism. Aye, you've done it. League Cup. League Cup. League Cup. Fair enough. Um, so obviously Kyogo has uh, been in tremendous form. He went off fairly early against the minimum. We'll talk about the Samini game in a couple of minutes. But how important is he, Chris, for us? How important is it that he is fit and available for the League Cup? Massively, more so now that Jack Amakis is gone. And again, we've, we've covered that over recent weeks about their the various qualities. But the difference between Jack Amakis and O is there's still largely there's unknowns about O and his ability and his ability to perform here. Obviously, he got off the mark and he's got a goal, which is great. But um, if Kyogo's not fit and firing for that and you are starting with O, I mean, there's a, there are other options. None of them are ideal. I don't think he'll start with O for the League Cup final. I think he would go with Maeda. Well, exactly. You can play Maeda in there. I'm not a huge fan of him I'm, there. I'm We've seen either. him experiment on occasion with a badder through the middle. None of them are ideal. If you if Kyogo's out, for me, I would probably play O just because that's naturally where he is. But that's a massive risk in terms of the football he's played. Um, and you know the magnitude of the game going into it, so it's huge for him to be fit for it. it the, the signs are encouraging, you know the, the the sound bites that are coming out about it. When he went off injured, that's your first concern. That was the thing that was in your head. You know we've got enough players there to kind of cope if um, he's fit, but you would want him for that game. That's the big game. You want as many of our um, first team picks fit and raring to go for that. So as long as he's back, I'm, I'll. You know, I've not got a problem with him missing out in games up until then. But I think it would be a big blow, especially with the form he's come into, especially that he got a goal against him last time at Ibrooks. Yes. That's kind of, that's now out of the way. You know, there was question marks, and rightly so. Any Celtic striker who's not got a goal against them, that's probably second to scoring in the Champions League, if you're, you know, talking about levels. He's now done that. His form's been really good. He's really good goal-scoring form. So for for me, it's, it's it would be a huge loss if he's not there, but I'm fairly confident he will be. Uh, Paul, what's your kind of take on uh, Celtic with Kyogo versus Rangers and Celtic without him? Um, I, I, we he needs to play. Um, I mean, think about the League Cup final last year. What I, he played for about fifty five minutes or something. One is the game. See if we can get that out of him. And it wins the game. It's probably a risk worth taking, even if he's not 100%. I mean, what? Is it a dislocation? What is he? What, I, don't, I just don't know the nature of the injury. That's the thing. And I quite like that because... Yeah, you can. If Celtic yeah. are kind of keeping the cars close to their chest, that, to me, I agree with Sir Manny, I think that 
gives us a good indication of what might happen. Um, if it's not Kyogo, I I think it will be Dyson, um, which would mean probably a badass starting as well. Um, or Haxabanovich. Oh, please, Haxabanovich. Oh, my God, what a player. Um, oh, no, no, not for Samani, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, I'm just waiting for a, a, an appropriate juncture to come in and, and say it was the Betfred Cup last season. Because you wouldn't know what the League Cup was, would you? <laughs> Has up. to be referred to by sponsor name, Gil. Fuck up. Um, it, was a skull, it was a Skull Cup in the 80s, right? Skull Cup. Skull Cup. Oh, so you like the Skull Cup, don't you? You said that very quickly. That's it was still the League Cup, but that's, it was a Skull Cup. because we drink Skull. That's still. Yeah. Can you get Skull? You think you can still buy it, right? You can find it. You can get it. <laughs> Yeah, right, find it's a different thing from buying it. Get you can find it. Um, just, just on uh, sort of Kyogo, um, I think you know you said something else, man. That's quite interesting about just the game itself, and you know the magnitude of this game. None of the not every not not none of these players, right? That's not true. But there's going to be a lot of players in this team who haven't played in the League Cup final versus Rangers. And all of them, I'd imagine. No, get like well, McGregor, McGregor, McGregor and you know um, Forrest and you know those guys. But like, uh, uh, okay, Taylor, ha- did he play in the two thousand and nineteen? Off the top of my head, I can't actually quite remember. I but, don't think he did. I don't think so. No. Uh, but yeah, so Taylor, um, CCV, Starfelt, Joe Hart, um, Ralston. Yeah, yeah. As you go through the team, you're like, actually, this is a team that doesn't necessarily know what this pressure. So this pressure is perfect for seeing what these players are, are made of so from that point of view i can see the benefit of playing O and just being like look son go out and you know pressure's off just do what you can do but i can also see the the thinking of we need an older mature head and i know that dyson's only 26 or 27 but ultimately he's played at uh he played at the world cup and he knows pressure maybe not this pressure so um do you think it would have a, a massive sway on on the kind of odds of us winning it, Paul? Yeah, I, I think, think it would have an influence on the team. I think if Kyogo's in the team, you, I don't know, can't speak for the players, but if I was in that team, I would be confident of scoring a goal at the very least um, and knowing that his work rate and his ability is kind of, it's intangible in some respects. So uh, if he doesn't play, it's up to Ange and, and Callum McGregor to lift everyone else. I mean, we watched all the weekend. We'll come on to that game later, I'm sure. But, like, he's got something, right? He's got something that Rangers defenders don't know about. That's the other thing. Yeah. Element of surprise is something. Um, he's, got, I, he's got a bit of physicality about him. He's a bit, bit physical. I mean, what did Yakimakis ever do against Rangers? Honestly, what did he ever do against Rangers? Name me one good thing he did. Not ahead of that time, remember? <laughs> not get fouls. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, you know, if the argument is, well, I wish Jakimakis was here. I don't like. He's, he's can, can I? Can now now that Jakimakis has left, right? Can, can I just say <laughs> again? I thought he was a good player, and I really, I really liked him, and I really enjoyed um, how he put himself about on the pitch. And I don't mean put himself about physically, just how he performed on the pitch. He scored lots of goals. He was a bit wide. He was a bit of a dafty sometimes. But against Rangers, I thought he was really pretty ineffective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when people say stuff like. Um, I wish we hadn't sold Jackamacus because, you know, he would play in this cup final. I'm not saying he's a bad player and I'm not saying he can't all of a sudden turn up because he scored in the Champions League and all this, but it's not like... I think Jackamacus is someone who hasn't performed particularly well against them. It's, you know... He's been poor against them and quite... 
I'm trying to think here, to be fair, maybe to Kyogo, but largely speaking, he's been pretty poor. Ah, well, that's, that's it. That's so it's, yeah. it's more about, when you're talking about when Kyogo being out, you know, Jack, it was more Jack Amax's body of work that he's had for Celtic in terms of games played, goals yeah, scored, that, maybe not at that level. It's different with this version of Kyogo, shall we say. This is more like the League Cup final version of Kyogo that we had last season because, quite right, you know, even though he was getting some goals... He certainly didn't have that same aura about him. You were questioning whether or not he... Well, I don't think anybody or most people certainly never thought that he was ever second fiddle to Jack Amakis, but there was a genuine conversation there about who do you start at one point, and that was more to do with how far his form had dipped. Mm-hmm. This version of Kyogo, though, has a bit more of about him. He's got more of an aura, and crucially, I'd, I can't understate how important that goal at Ibrox was for me because I just think it just puts that out of your mind. Completely agree, completely yeah. you, agree. You, you've done it, you did it there, you did it at Ibrox. Mm. You can do that going forward now. I don't know if it would have been in his head, but it was in mine, and I think it was in a lot of Celtic supporters. I think heads. it would have been in his head as well. For sure. So, now that that's out of the way... You've seen his subsequent form since then. He's scored some beautiful goals. You know, we've always known that his movement's absolutely sensational. It would be a massive, massive miss for us. So, Jack Amakis being there, I can understand to an extent why that security blanket for some people that he would be on the park. But there is no way, shape or form that any version of Jack Amakis would have been... uh, an appropriate substitute for this version of Kyogo. Um, the League Cup final, obviously, is uh, a week on Sunday. Uh, on the Cynic, we have uh, a whole host of podcasts ready to uh, drop uh, uh, from a coverage point of view. We'll have all the usual ones, but we'll have got some special feature podcasts dropping starting on Sunday. We will have uh, a feature podcast on the 6-2 game, uh, Cynic Chronicles. Uh, here's a little advert for that. It changed everything. It gave us our pride back. I just remember thinking we need to be strong here. We need to like be quite physical and Sutton was the perfect remedy for that. O'Neill was then starting to get a tune out of guys who had been there and hadn't impressed. When I think back to Martin O'Neill, that's one of the things I always think about. And it really sort of whet the appetite for what was to come. It gets better and better for Martin O'Neill and for Celtic. A quite incredible start. Review from my seat and I thought it had gone miles over the bar because of how high Larson chips it for it to come down. But even the pace that he's running at the ball, I think that's often forgot. Larson. Oh, he's in! Henrik Larson! That is sensational! There's no panic. There's no overhitting it or underhitting it or not quite getting it right because he's as good as left foot as he's in his right, so it doesn't matter. The finish from about just enough of the outside of the boot to take it away. That must have been a great film for him against Kloss. And in paradise, this is the stuff that Celtic dreams are made of! Sometimes it's just this self-contained story. And that's what this game definitely felt like. You might say self-confident. I, I found him to be arrogant. 
like they spent a lot of money, they're a good squad, but you're playing against a, a manager who's brought in quality players, he's got off to a good start, you would maybe just try and dial it down a bit. Thick by name. Thick by nature. It's still referred to as a 6-2 game and it means so much. More than a game itself because it was the sort of springboard for all the success that we would have. Ushered in a new era for Celtic. That's dropping on Sunday and obviously during the week next week we've got lots of different things. Well, the midweek bounce will be back uh, on Wednesday. We've got the... Brian and Bowd. Brian Bowd. I haven't heard Brian's voice for about a year. It's not, it's, it's not from a lack of me trying, to be fair. Uh, but myself, Brian and Bowd will be doing the midweek bounce on Wednesday. On Thursday we'll have the weekly, of course, uh, and then we'll have the uh, kind of lunch club, live lunch club, um, and previews looking ahead to the Rangers game. We'll have reactions to the Rangers game. You can check it all out at thecynic.co. Um, thousands of podcasts, um, feature podcasts, lots of stuff to get your teeth into. Um, so check it out, thecynic.co. Um, Paul, on your point about Matt O'Reilly... And mm-hmm. on your point about VAR, um, Matt O'Reilly admits Celtic VAR delay frustration as he explains how checks are hindering the hoops. He was just quoted as saying, It is frustrating. It takes a really long time. I don't know what the average time is, but it must be over two or three minutes each time. I think that's been generous, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. For us, it's not ideal, especially the way we play and the momentum we have when we're constantly attacking teams. It gives them a breather as well. The way we're playing, we're trying to tire teams out, so it's a bit frustrating in that sense. But at the same time, Everyone has to deal with it. Uh, interesting. I, I like how he's, he's very eloquent. He gets his point across very well. Um, it's also good that they're coming out talking about VER. Um, thoughts on Matt O'Reilly's point of view? Totally agree. Um, it's, as a fan, it's just, it just, it kills, it kills the game. And, and there's a lot, I feel like we get a lot of VER decisions. Some of the go for is, um, and it, it all goes back to Angie's original point. It was like, why is it taking so long? Um, I loved the bit. I was. I read that uh, interview, and I think O'Reilly said something along the lines of, "We tried to tire teams out. We try to puff them out," which I really like because I I hadn't thought about our style of play in that way. That we're actually trying to make our the opposition exhausted, mm. encourage them into making mistakes, take advantage of that. Um, I my stance in VR has always been: I hate it. I wish it didn't exist, and I would get rid of it as soon as possible. Completely agree. Um, so for me, this is a he's absolutely right, and. Um, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories or anything like that because it's, you know. Mean, mean some man will deal with that. Right, okay, well, maybe I'll jump in on that. I just was <laughs> they going to, you know, I've maybe done the weekly for a long time. You don't want to come, come across like a proper paranoid guy, but uh, I'll leave that to you guys. Paranoid or correct? Uh, well, I say correct, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just- see, see, you make the point um, where you both said, I want VAR to go and uh, that's that. Lads, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so the focus really should be on about making it better and how do we make it better I'm actually going to censor myself I can't tell you why right now because uh, I was going to get down that rabbit hole that you were directing me down but I resisted the opportunity good for you girl rabbit hole interested uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> let me jump in it um, but no I just no, the standard of refereeing is, is the main issue here Aye. you know it's Scottish football and referees have been very, very bad at their job for a long, long time, even before you add in any potential biases or anything like that. They've been handed a piece of technology which, in instances elsewhere, have been used to make better decisions, and they just can't do it here. 
that needs to improve. It's that's the main thing about it, and the, I can see why the players have got a real issue with how it slows the game down because you get a bit of momentum that happens, then you drop off. You need to bring your levels up. That's the one thing that frustrates me. But the main thing that um, sorry frustrates me is some of the decisions that come from it. There's still there's still no explanation. Something can happen in one game and a very similar thing can happen in another game and you get two different decisions. Now they'll come out and say that's because the referee still got the final call. But that's just because the consistency of refereeing is absolutely shite. And that's what needs to get fixed going forward. If you continually feed bad referees into any sort of VAR system, you're going to get bad results. And that's what's happening here. If you put crisps into a DVD player, what happens? You go hungry, Paul. <laughs> DVD player doesn't go hungry. Um, I can. Do you still have a DVD player? <laughs> no. <laughs> he bought Gal bought a DVD last week. Guess what DVD Gal bought last week? Sorry if, if this is going to be a bit uh, breaking the fourth wall, but I think some man will like this. I don't think he will. <laughs> I, I I don't think anyone will. I, I've got something in my head. <laughs> Let's see. Tell me what you bought. No, you tell me what's in your head. No. Oh, this is great. Um. He's not going to tell me though, is he? Probably? I'm not going to tell you either. I'm going to protect his honour. Have, have you ever heard of the TV show Nash Bridges? Mm-hmm. I bought the first season of on DVD. That's what was in my head. Are you serious? <laughs> no, oh, absolutely, absolutely, not. absolutely, of course not. not. Um, I was drunk, by the way. That can exclusively reveal what happens in the VAR room at Celtic Park when there's a decision. Here we go. I hasten to ask this as a piece of satire. <laughs> See when you have to say that at the start, it's you know, kinda... it's, it's yeah. I'm not. I don't have the protection of the paywall. <laughs> it's quarter past three on a Saturday afternoon. I'm liking this already. By the way, setting the scene. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. A bell. Afternoon, <laughs> Paul. You're going to edit this. <laughs> a bell rings in the VAR room. Jim Batten puts down his beano <laughs> and sighs. On his office chair with wheels, he rolls over to the Windows 95 powered PC. With the monitor that's as deep as it is wide. <laughs> it's not plugged in. He sighs. Celtic have scored a goal, but was it offside? He takes his vape stick out and enjoys a long, powerful draw. <laughs> Bacon and eggs. Mmm. His two assistants come in. Let's call them Ferguson Crawford and Crawford Ferguson. <laughs> Ferguson Crawford puts down his beef and tomato pot noodle. He's the kind of guy that eats a beef and tomato pot noodle, the worst flavour of pot nod. Have you charged the VAR machine, Crawford? Crawford stops drinking his three litre wrestle of milk. I thought you were doing it, Ferguson! Jim steps in. Fortunately, he can use the battery from his trusty vape stick to turn on the machine. Ferguson sighs. He's been drawn away from his favourite episode of Dad's Army. Crawford is equally disappointed. Nothing should be able to tear him away from listening to Northern Uproar. Does anyone remember Northern Uproar? Jim sighs again as the monitor comes to life. So Kyogo has allegedly scored the goal. The time is now quarter to five. And scene. Very good. <laughs> Make an editing decision. That <laughs> yeah. Later, yeah, do what you want with that, girl. You know what I mean? I just thought uh, that's... But that's what it feels like. What were the names of the referees again? Ferguson Crawford and Crawford Ferguson. <laughs> it, was, it was the main referee, not Jim Batten. Jim Batten, yeah. <laughs> Jim Batten. Jim Batten, yeah. Uh, it sounds, sounds a little like them. It's a bit satire. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> it, 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 it was great. It was great. It was very good. Um, yeah, so um, moving on from VAR, Celtic are being lined up for a look at the friendlies against um, a couple of big teams. Um, 
PSG and other Euro giants uh, and the Japanese media, um, they've reported that Celtic are being kind of, I, I don't know if it's been fully confirmed yet, but certainly it was very much in the kind of almost confirmed uh, camp. Um, Man City, Bayern Munich, PSG, um, you know, it's obviously it's going to happen uh, during the summer. What I would say about that is if Celtic, we don't know the kind of uh, confirmation in regards to direct qualification to the Champions League. Nothing's been won yet, so I also want to kind of make that clear that we are nine points clear, but there are plenty of games to play. But let's just say Celtic win the league. Um, This thing can only happen, Chris, if there's direct entry, because if not, then we have to do qualifiers. Yeah, um, it's something that we used to do and we were very critical of it because of the schedule that we then had. Um, it's not something that I'm particularly against, generally speaking. I don't pay any attention. I don't watch the games. I hate stuff like that, pre-season friendly nonsense. But it is all predicated on, excuse me, <clears throat> predicated on direct qualification for the Champions League. Because out with that, it's just a money grab. It's something that can't really be accommodated into your fixtures. Rogers was very clear, you know, remember him? Um, in terms of what he deemed a professional club should do, they shouldn't be involved in nonsense like that while they're preparing for qualification for the Champions League. I tend to, tend to agree with that. You can use it as part of your pre-season, though, if you don't have to worry about those July games when you're trying to kind of get... make qualify for Europe and stuff like that so I mean Rogers is you know when Rogers was a manager of Celtic you know we had to qualify it would have been very very different if there was direct qualifications because ultimately what I I, I still think that lack of qualification weirdly hindered us this summer not lack of qualification but lack of match, sharp, match sharpness match sharpness kind of hindered us a little bit this season and if, if the same happens again where we don't have that kind of competitive, which I hope it does, I hope Celtic win the league and go straight into qual- um, straight into the groups, that would be amazing. Um, and if it does happen, then I don't see the problem with this. Like, uh, this is going to no, make I, us money and fucking why the hell I, not? I don't see the problem. It, 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 it's something that could be built into your pre-season though. Yeah, if exactly. It's built in, yeah, yeah. If it's built into your pre-season though on top of Champions League qualifiers, then no, I don't, I don't rate it. It's just, it, it's something that's nice. To put a couple of extra quid in the in the club's pocket, but see if it gets away in the way of the real stuff. And you can probably have a debate. You've said that we were maybe not as match sharp this season, and there's maybe something in that. But for me, if front loading that um, schedule with daft friendlies and tournaments like this, and on top of any sort of level of qualification, is a no no. If we go straight in, yeah, do what you want. I'll no watch it. <laughs> I'll know. I'll know what. What make him do a reaction to Celtic versus Panic or Strava? I was yeah. looking at who we played last. SC Wiener Victoria. Did, that was I, we did do a reaction <coughs> in here once, and I honestly couldn't remember anything about the game. <laughs> See the edit I had to do on that. Jesus Christ! He's taking uh, bits from Sermani from yeah, past yeah. podcasts. I had a great time. Watching <laughs> um, what I can say about this is, I bet I'm sure Adam Montgomery and Liam Shaw will enjoy playing against <laughs> Bayern Munich. Do you know what I mean? Because that's who will play in those games. Absolutely not. It won't. Uh, it will. If, if it's integrated into, as Samani says, if it's integrated into our pre-season, these are just pre-season games you play. Well, give us a trophy at the end of it. Make it a wee four-team tournament. Remember we won the Wembley Cup and then had like one of the worst seasons of and, and, and non- Are we still the owners of the... Owners? Holders of the Wembley Cup? 
I think it was a one-off. <laughs> right, so technically, yes. Yes. The one Sammy scored. Aye. We, we actually did really well, didn't we? That Tony Mowbray. Aye, it's Tony Mowbray. That's right. Mm. It was uh, <laughs> not ideal. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the fact is, though, um, obviously we've got a, a number of Japanese players. We've got Ange, who is still kind of quite revered in, in Japanese football. So, yeah, why not? I, I You know, we went to Australia, and I know it wasn't for everyone and, and stuff, and maybe the ticket sales weren't what they thought they would be and stuff, but... You know, I think if we go there, it's part, if it's integrated into our pre-season, then I have no problem with it. If we had to qualify and they still did this, I would, as Sermani and I'm sure Paul and everyone else, I'd be really questioning that. But I don't think they would. would yeah, they? they definitely would. They would definitely would. If we were doing qualifiers, there's absolutely no chance that Dermot Desmond is not um, booking this. Peter Lowell. Oh, and don't, man. He's bad. Yeah. Heard that name twice this week. Uh, Scott Brown uh, no, did, did uh, an interview with a, an own tabloid. And normally we don't kind of talk about other people's content, but they talk about ours, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> Scott Brown uh, revealed uh, how the support from uh, Celtic when uh, his sister passed away, obviously horrendous, and the support he got from Tommy Burns and you know the the, the board and stuff was uh, very influential in his decision to stay at Celtic after Tony Mowbray told him to find a new club. <laughs> Did he? Tony Mowbray told him to find a new club. Ah, he's, he was rotten in that Wembley Cup. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough, Tony. Stole the words out of my mouth. Uh, he said, uh, I had a chance to move to England with Tottenham and Newcastle, but because of what the club had done for me in my time of need, I always hold that in huge regard. That's what means more to me than anything. They looked after me during a hard time. So for me to jump ship was never in question. Um, you know, um, you can say a lot of things about Scott Brown in regards to you know the dialer thing and and all that, but he did show a lot of kind of loyalty from that point of view. So it's kind of nice to hear him say that. Yeah, I mean, you should maybe do a pod on Scott Brown one day and go over yeah. his, his entire Celtic career. I'll not be on it, but we can, um, nah, that's just my thing when I talk about recording pods, yeah. nothing against Scott Brown. I mean, Scott Brown had periods where he was sensational for Celtic, he had periods where he wasn't, let's not, you know, rewrite history, there you know, certainly be reasons for that, he had a horrendous time with, you mentioned with his sister at that point, um, and you know, there's probably other factors later on, he was talking about Dyla's diet that you put the, the, the players on and things like that so that is nice to hear you know but at some points in his Celtic career you know I don't think a lot of the support would have been bothered if he'd left you know and I, I, there's people out there maybe saying and I don't know if that's true but I there, think it is true yeah there was I mean, some definite up and down periods in, in, in his career but one thing that you can't say about Scott Brown is it doesn't absolutely kind of shine out of him is how high regard he has for this football club yeah even when he wasn't playing well, he gave 100%. He, you know, that, we talked about intangibles over the years. He just had that. He, at his best, he was just an imperious captain for us. So see, even, I'm a sucker for that. Players that are no longer with us or that have moved on talking well about the club. Oh, I aye. love it. And him saying that there, that, you know, that did, that did, um, you know, raise a wee smile when I heard that as well. And, you know, he's also talking about Tottenham, not so much Newcastle because that was pre all their sports money. washed money. But Tottenham are a, you know a big side. Do you know what I mean? And he's not talking about regret at not going to Tottenham or anything like that. So 
I think that also shows you how much regard he's got for the football club. So the, the words were nice to hear. Yeah, they really were. Paul, your thoughts? I think time um, time is very kind to a lot of former players. And sometimes it's correct and sometimes it's maybe not quite right. Um, I think with Scott Brown, it's absolutely on the money. I think he he does, he's still a, he's a club legend, really. Yeah. You, you know, you put him in the same conversations as, I mean, maybe not McStay, but you look at the amount of time he was at the club and what he achieved at the club and just, it's like Samani says, the intangibles, it's what he brought to the rest of the squad um, through several managers. I think, you know, I think Scott Brown under, I know, God, we keep talking about the rat in this episode, but I think Scott Brown under um, Brendan Rodgers' first season, second season, I just think that was, that's yeah. probably the, the, the period of Scott Brown that I enjoyed the most. Absolutely. Where yeah. we were just murdering teams, yeah, yeah. And, and him and McGregor forming that partnership. So, um, and I, I, I'm really happy that he's enjoying his managerial career as well. Great head of hair. Have you seen him recently? Looks terrific. Unbelievable. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah. Um, he also goes on to talk about, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, Diouf and uh, Morelos where he says I like to try to pick and choose my battles quite well Morelos is a good player and so was Diouf but I would always try to get in her head and let them see that I'm a decent player you flick a switch and either get them a red card or control the game that was my mentality to try and get in their head early doors did it work? now and then yeah but to be fair they tried to give it back as well you don't mind that you want to see the ki- that kind of rivalry on the park and especially in a Rangers Celtic game you want to see somebody getting the better of others I I always wanted to get the better of him. I'd always try to wind him up and try and get the ball and pull him a little bit, pull him out of position. That's what my game was. It was to try and slow, slowly get into people. But also, I mean, he's talking like a professional wrestler. Like literally, he's talking about <laughs> the psychology of getting in someone's head. And um, do we? I was taught we did a podcast at the start. Of, I think we did the agenda, and we were talking about kind of a mentality kind of thing. Um, is our team maybe not got the street smarts yet? Or do we just are we just better football so it doesn't matter? You know, the last time we played Rangers, um, we didn't perform to our best. But, you know, we've played them twice this season. One time we blew them away. The other time we were pretty poor. Um, do you miss that side of seeing Scott Brown do that? Would you like? I know we've Callum McGregor's had kind of flashes of over the season or two. Do you think we're past that now in regard to winding players up because he's still there, Morelos, and you can wind them up to get a red card out of him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a place for it and. You know, clever players use it, you know, and, and I think it was quite clever of Scott Brown. He was kind of honest enough to admit that it didn't always work. One thing I didn't like, though, is see when we were not playing well or we were a couple of goals down and he's running about daft doing that, I would be like, <laughs> going to no do that. So I think there is a place for it, but fundamentally, the first thing's got to be about being a better football side than them. Um, so that you can beat them, obviously, but there is a place for it. And we did see a wee bit of that with McGregor, with Barisic chasing them down and things like that. He's probably still got capable of doing that if we need it to. But I do miss it from the times when we were rubbing it in, when we were, you know, it's a rubbing them. in. It's a rubbing in thing as opposed to you're not yeah. going to win the game by doing that. I mean, maybe you will. Do you know what I mean? But it's you know on occasion. But as supporters, what you liked about it was it was rubbing it in. You know that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it a million times. We. Morelos and it, you know he has scored against us now but it took him a long long time to do that and you could see the frustration building in him and Scott Brown giving it you know all that to oh, him yeah, and yeah, and yeah it'd be that, you'd be lying to say if you didn't love all that at the time oh fucking right I, as you say only only when you're <laughs> I, <laughs> only not, when it annoyed me because he did 
Brown, you know, he, obviously maybe he was trying to ch- change games, but there'd be times where we'd be chasing the game or we'd be behind and I would just be like, knock that in the head, please. Yeah. Paul? Um, it only works when you're winning, right? It only works when you're in the ascendancy and, and when you've got them in the ropes, to quote a wrestling, well, it's more a boxing terminology. It's boxing. It? Yeah. Um, I embarrassed myself in front of T-Bone there. Um, I miss this uh, element to these games sometimes. I quite like the Greg Taylor calling Morelos, Morelos fat boy in the last game was quite, you oh, know, right. harking back to that. But there's no, I don't think there's any pure gobby bastards in the team really. Like, yeah, who who is it? If it's not because it's not it's not McGregor, that's just not his. That's just not his thing. He'll try it and he'll. It, he'll he'll do throw it the well. odd like remark out, but he's not going to go up and like. I'm sure Brown was like whispering Morelos's ear and all that, and like really trying to get into him. I who, just don't. I just don't think we have that. I was going to say, who do you think is the most like intimidating player in the team right now? That's a good point. Because uh, it should be Maeda because he just looks like a total like Terminator, but. I don't think it is. I think he's quite a nice person. <laughs> I, think, I think it's probably CCV or Starfield. Who would you least like le- least like to fight? Uh, probably CCV. I mean, the entire uh, team would batter me, right? But well, you know me, but used to. No, you know, you admitted it yourself. You <laughs> right. but yourself I don't know. I don't think we've got anybody that's you know that way. But I think we're past that now. Like I think we are kind of like yeah, we, we can we just like. <sighs> It's like we've gone to uni and they are still in sixth year type of thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but no, no. 3.15 on a, a Monday morning. <laughs> we are on the way to uni. They are still at the sixth year. No, that. Go on, keep going. Uh, no. Uh, that, that, that's Put down it. your Beano. Crawford. <laughs> I slapped one of them in the head with my Beano and then that was it. <laughs> The game was mine. The game was mine, now. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like, um, I think we're kind of, it, it's, Brown, I think, was kind of the, the, the last of the kind of um, shithouse, sort of in-your-face, um, theatrical kind of players. And um, there's, that's really, you know, it's it's sad that we don't have that a lot anymore. But also, if we're fucking smashing teams, you know, if, we're, if we hump Rangers 4-0 in the cup final, who gives a fuck if someone's making a witty comment? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good to hear from Scott Brown. And, uh, obviously, people kind of still keep in with how he's doing. And I'm sure he'll be back up in Scotland at some point to manage, whether he's the manager of, you know, the people talk about him coming back to manage us. But he's a long way from that, I fucking hope. <laughs> See, when you said, I'm sure he'll be back up to Scotland at some point, then you, then you said to manage. Uh, when you weren't saying that, I was thinking... That's nice. <laughs> Aye, He'll be up the road at some point. Yeah, visit his, you know, visit his, just to say hello. Um, Celtic have been drawn with Hearts in the Scottish Cup. It's a twelve fifteen kickoff. I think it's the is it the eleventh of March? I think it is Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, Hearts away, Tynecastle. Paul, your thoughts? Not great. Not not the draw we would want, but we'll still beat them. Like we will. I mean, it was the last thing. It was four three. Was the last time we were at. That's it, the first game of R, and we should have two penalties. So. Aye. Um, and Hearts are hot and cold, and um, they're missing some a lot. Like they've got a lot of long term injuries. It's a game we should be winning, but I mean, it, it's you. You want we did. Well, you'd, ra- you'd rather it was at home, or you'd rather you got fucking wraith rovers, or yeah. you'd rather you know Falkirk or someone. But Chris, you got essentially it's a cup game. You take what you can get. It's a tasty tie, Chris. Oh, here it goes, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, extra allocation, tight pitch, cauldron of hatred. <laughs> mm. I'm looking forward to it. 
What's this character's name? I don't know. Just <laughs> Ferguson Crawford. Ferguson Crawford. <laughs> Tight decision on the VAR. We'll have to put the Windows 95 PC on. Jesus. Um, yeah. Out of character now. No, I mean, if you were picking it, you'd never pick that as a draw. But... Um, There's something about this team sometimes that I feel actually playing a tougher opponent suits us better. It, it can do. And I was going, going on to say that the extra allocation will benefit us. I think that when we go there, you know, we've been reduced to about three tickets recently. But I think <laughs> yeah. we, we need to get 20%. Now, you know, you know, it's like a cauldron when you go into Tynecastle. You know, you know what it's like. Don't need to describe the atmosphere at the end of here. Extra fans, tight pitch, you know, Scottish Cup tie, which is going to make it even more intense because it's either you're a, you're either in the next round or you're not. I'm looking forward to it as a game. It's that wee bit of nervous anticipation because you're going into games a lot just now and just assuming you'll win. Now, obviously, you're not going to win every game. They're not going to go. Sitting Baron at the weekend was a good example of a game where the performance wasn't great, but you didn't, and you don't have that kind of nervousness in your stomach. That's a game that I think you do, maybe not to the extent of if we're playing Rangers at Ibrox, but sometimes these games are, you know, you're up for them because you know it's not just going to be another game and this is one of them. So I wouldn't have picked it, but um, now that it's been drawn, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I think just, we play them three days before at Celtic Park as well. We do, yes, absolutely. Uh, I just want to highlight, uh, there was a press conference today with Michael Beale, right? And normally we don't highlight anything that they have to say or he has to say, but he, he basically came out, so we're in, you know, we're still in February, uh, and he's came out and said that there's a low possibility, low possibility, probability of Celt- catching rate Celtic, right? And it... <laughs> If you if you look if you looked at probability, the probability is low because the games are running out. That's fine. This is a weird quote. I think we are in very very good form. So Celtic are also therefore in very very good form, and their form has run longer than ours. So you would say it's outstanding form. <laughs> what I would say is momentum can change things in football, and all we have to do is keep doing our job and hope the momentum changes. Fuck up. What a weirdo. I don't like him. I mean, obviously I don't like him, but I, I really particularly don't like him. Yeah. Um, I think he's drank straight from the Kool-Aid the second he went back in those doors. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan of any Rangers manager, um, but I really, it's just, you know, like... Disclaimer. <laughs> something that like, you just, it reminds you of somebody, I don't know who he reminds me of. He reminds me from someone from my childhood or something, right, where... Where I'm just triggered, not triggered, I hate that expression, but I'm just kind of like some snaps and I'm kind of just like, why do I hate this guy so much? I can't put my finger on it. I think it's because he talks shite. He just seems like <laughs> a guy you work with who's just a bit of a prick and you have to occasionally go for a pint with him and he just talks shite. <coughs> do you know what I mean though? And it's just like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, shut up. Don't have examples. Yeah, you do. You've got one in your head right now. Who are you thinking of, Gal? I don't. I genuinely don't have. Exa- I've not worked in an office for what four years, five years. So hey, you've got a memory longer than four or five years, though, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. We've, you, come on, you must have had experiences of working with just uh, ending up somehow shuffling to a pint with a guy, and you're just like, oh god, this guy. I remember going out one night meeting you for a pint, and it was some guy for your work, 
And he bought the arse right after me, man. <laughs> when was that? I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, got a couple of questions. Um, I also put here in the rundown about Fabrizio Romano tweeting about Starfield leaving, and I genuinely thought that was quite weird. Um, He's a weird guy, too. <laughs> Everybody's a weird guy. You two are all right. But he do, he does, when he does, tweets it, tends to have some element basically clubs use him as a f- platform of getting kind of no- yeah. knowledge out there do you think there's anything in it Chris? I don't know and see when it comes to the two centre halves you've always got it in your head that we'll struggle more to keep Vickers than Starfield because fundamentally I think Vickers is better everybody calls him CCV I'm the only person that calls him Vickers I like you call him Vickers so many because it's it's like calling so say see Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen it's like calling him Bowen. It's like calling Gary Mackay Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> I really like it. I don't don't stop doing it. So Vickers, right? <laughs> is, is, you're, you're always you're always thinking that it's going to be more difficult to keep a hold of him. And Starfield's one of those kind of players that you've not got in your head that somebody's going to come in and bid for him. So that's one of two things: either he's more highly rated elsewhere than we think he, he, he is, or two, his agents kind of maybe putting out some stuff. Around that, or maybe Celtic. Well, you never know. Why would you want to get rid of your best centre half, though? Second best centre. half Why would you want to get rid of your best centre half? Second best centre. Half. Best centre half. Paul, this isn't even. Nah, just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the weekly poll. Nah, um, and it might. It could be Celtic because I mean, Kobe Ash is there. We've talked at length on this pod and other pods uh, available at thecynic.co Cheers. We, we, we get a wee a wee lift for that. Um, about. The importance of being able to play out from the back. Now we don't know how good Kobe Ashy is, but there's potential that there's you know sound bites being put out there by Celtic or his agent or whatever. And the long term plans maybe to have either Starfelt, CCV, and Kobe Ashy. Either one of the two that we've got just now and Kobe Ashy going forward. I don't know. It was strange because it seemed to come out of nowhere. But it came out. He's after- a weird guy, that Romano. Anyway, I know he's a weird guy, guy. But it came out after the weekend where um, Starfelt. You know, I don't think he was worse than anyone else on the pitch. But, you know, he did give away a penalty. And he gave away a penalty a penalty the exact same way he's given away. I, I'm, I'm a huge Starfield mark. I, I genuinely, I love the guy. But the penalty he gave away, as soon as he put his foot out on, um, on Saturday in the penalty area, I thought, for fuck's sake. Because it's drink, not- drink, he put it out as if to say, stop slagging me. Because I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just... I'll just go. So uh, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, question from Liam, that, that one from Liam and one from Ross Bain, and they're very similar. So I'll I'll kind of read through the both, but they kind of come to the same kind of point. Uh, so Liam's uh, point was: Have we become less able to break through teams who press us as we've become more adept at breaking down low blocks? In recent years, I'd always fear a low block and want teams to come at us so we can pick them off. Now it seems we have become masters of breaking down the low block, but struggled to pass around teams who come at us. Is this a thing? Can becoming good at one maybe make you worse at the other? Uh, Ross Bainall asks, St Mirren were very effective at pressing our team and leaving our centre-backs with limited options, something we know that Rangers will likely do in the League Cup final. Is this a worry for you? It seems our problems for a number of years now is the ability to play out against an aggressive press. Should we start integrating Kobayashi sooner than later to get, give us a better option? So, Liam's question is, have, has it kind of flipped for you in regards to, you know, and I think he makes a good point, we were always kind of, the low block is what's kind of t- breaking it down, it takes so long, and we want teams to come out so we can pick them off, where St Mirren, certainly, and this will bring us into the St Mirren discussion, 
St. Mirren gave us a hell of a game, not a hell of a game, but they gave us they gave us problems in a way that a lot of teams necessarily haven't. What's your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, and I think that's that kind of organised press that you've seen from St. Mirren, other teams have attempted that against us without as much success. But see, the general point, I think we've struggled with that for some time. I think that, see, even under Rodgers, I think that that was something that we certainly couldn't cope with in Europe. I think when the script flipped a wee bit and Rangers started to get stronger and we started to get a bit weaker around that time, I think that was one of the reasons that we really weren't very capable of dealing with that high press. So it's maybe fair to say that we've got more adept at beating the low block that teams set up against us. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, but I don't think that this is a new thing in terms of dealing with a well-organised press pushing up against us. Part of that is, and he goes on to to, to mention about Kobayashi, part of that is probably related to not being able to break those lines as much, playing out from the back. Certainly we don't have a player like Ayer who could maybe bring the ball forward. Um, So is it... See, when it comes to talking about Kobayashi just now, and it's... I don't want to sound like a broken record, but... Kobe Ashi will get in the team on merit or not. You know, it's like one of these things where we're talking about him in an ideal sense in terms of what we think he is and what he's capable of. The thing is, we don't know. Yeah. Not got a clue. Now, Hitati, um, Maida and Kyogo were guys that the manager wanted, I think was very aware of what they could bring to the club. And they came in and they hit the ground running. Awatas came in. He was the player, jelly player of the season last year. Early days for him, we haven't seen much of him. But Kobayashi always struck me as someone who had attributes that the manager liked, but the feeling around it for me wasn't, this is somebody who's going to go straight in. You know, it's somebody who's going to be able to do it. There's a, there was a, maybe I, I'm reading this wrong, but there was a bit more of a punt vibe about it. It was almost like maybe one of the £2 million strikers we used to buy. <laughs> this is maybe the version of that that we're buying from the J League. I always got that impression. So there's an argument that, and, I, and I'm kind of receptive to it, that we definitely probably need to, to sign somebody to play there to bring the ball out the back from better to deal with some of these tactical setups against us. Kobe Yashi, though, I'm not sure. We just don't know if he's going to be the guy to do that. He seems to me, and I'll bring you in a second, Paul, but he seems to me like he seems to be everyone's like silver bullet Yeah. to like kill the werewolf. The Rangers are the werewolf. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but like, it, it seems to me everyone's talking about him like he's going to solve all of our problems. And all of our problems aren't the centre-halves. No. You know, people talk about, you bring Kobayashi in, and by the way, I, I can understand, I'm not criticising people for having this outlook because maybe it will be part of the solution, but, you know, if you've still got Joe Hart who can't kick for shit, right, um, you know, like, and Kobayashi's there waiting to receive the ball, like, I think Kobayashi potentially could be part of the solution, absolutely. I also think, I really do think if Ange fancied him and thought he was ready, he would stick him in. Yeah, he doesn't hold back from doing that when he when he really likes the player. Um, I think he's a, a bit of a project signing. Um, he's quite young, right? Was he 22, 23? For a, for a Japanese player as well, he's you know not had a lot of... You know, he's not played a lot of international games. I think he's a couple of international games. So it, I, I, don't, I don't think we're changing the defensive uh, partnership this, until the league's won. No chance. And even then, you'd assume you would have been in the final of the Scottish Cup. So he's he's next season. And I agree with Gal. I don't think... I, One thing isn't going to change us beating the press. No. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but 
see the, 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 the idea that you would... Right, okay. People have talked about the way that Bill sets his team up and, you know... We've seen that under Gerard, which was really being with, you know, as we're led to believe, in terms of how not being able to break those lines really impacted our ability to play there. And you know, everybody sitting in Calm spoke about it before, uh, in terms of how they kind of impacted our ability to play football. Even then, though, see the call to break up Starfelt and Carter Vickers. Carter Vickers changed my mind there. <laughs> as, as the defensive partnership for the League Cup final. It's. <sighs> It's lunacy. Yeah, it's lunacy. And it's it, it's based on nothing. It's based on a perceived ideal of a football player who we don't know. He's played know, two games. Yet. He's played two games against what St Mirren and St Johnson or St Johnson and Motherwell or something like that. Like, and he's impressed. But the, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, no, no, no. But he's no, no, no. When I say no, he's impressed, what he, I mean he didn't is, think he pressed, right? He didn't not impress. He was just on the park, really. Let's be perfectly honest. I didn't look at him and go, "Whoa!" I don't. I don't remember him bringing. Passes, I don't so. remember him bringing the ball out though properly. Like, I mean, I think we all have Chris Iyer in our head. I, I, when I think of a, a defender at Celtic that can do that, it's those marauding runs, and you know they were good. And Chris Iyer was a good, great player for us. That's not Kobayashi. He's just. He's not. I mean, we've seen him play twice. He's not there yet. Um, I, I, the, the thing. I, the thing I noticed more. With Kobayashi playing next to Starfelt, was that Starfelt was playing on the right hand side and passed the ball without looking like his leg was a Look. golf club, <laughs> as Alan said. <laughs> That's the, the, the thing I remember the most about it. He looked far more comfortable. He did. He did. Um, the, the fact is, though, I, I, you know, when, when it comes down to what I think about Kobayashi, I think that people are putting so much pressure on him to be the kind of the missing link for this team that I think it's kind of. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit crazy. I, I also think if if Ange thought that he was the guy to, if Ange is sitting there thinking this is the guy who's going to completely change he would how play. we play football, he would but play. I don't want to upset Starfield. No, or I don't want to. Up- no. That's not how it no, works. It doesn't doesn't do that. So no if if he was the guy that we thought could absolutely change how we break the press, he would be playing. Of course he would. Um, Liam and Ross's points are another oh, valid. They're, they're right they're though. They're totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of the phrase "low block." By the way, <laughs> I'm fucking sick yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Heavy defensive. All that <laughs> double pivot. All that. I mean, double double pivot's been a part of football lingo since the nineties. <laughs> Not my football lingo. I uh, know my football. I don't. Two do up, that. top, big Jumpers man, wee man. All that. Yeah. That's the lingo that I want. McStay and Grant double pivot, pal. Don't you ever mention Peter Grant. <laughs> Um, ah, he was the better pivot to be fair um, much better so I, yeah I wasn't getting at the the guys for their, their question and there is an argument and there is a discussion and there's a, a question to be asked about your defensive partnership and the qualities that they've got going forward but we've just grabbed Kobayashi out of the air because he's left footed and apparently he's very good in the ball we know very little else about him yeah we'll only know about him when he plays Literally, I mean, that's like how we're going to find out about him is, is, is when he plays. And it's just, he, he doesn't... And the manager will play, as you say, I'm getting a wee bit riled up. And the manager <laughs> love, will love play him. The manager will it. play him if he deems him good enough because he's done that with players. He's also very quickly moved players on who he doesn't deem suitable. Abelgard, Edigucci, you know. Mm. He doesn't feel as if I've signed them, I need to prove a point here. Yeah, there's a whole big thing as well. Like, um, obviously, Ange really knows the Japanese market, but... Signing someone doesn't necessarily mean A, that they're going to be the player that you, you thought you would get and B, that they're going to fit in. Chemistry just sometimes isn't right either. You know what I mean? They, they, like, I think Gucci's a good player. 
but it just hasn't worked for him. Yakimakis is a good player, but he wasn't right for them at the system. So I don't know. Kobe actually next season we'll see whether he's got it or not. Or it might be a situation where he has to come on, and then we'll see what he's like. Exactly, that's it. Because you know, um, we'll be, oh, yeah. Well, we'll, and then hopefully two months time we're going. Oh, you can't drop Kobe Ashi. Uh, everything we hoped. Uh, Liam and Ross, you've done well. You've riled up some money, and it's mm, uh, terrific to see. Well, it's nothing to do with you. Just, just <laughs> generally the Kobe Ashi question here. It's like, <laughs> you know, can we deal? Can we talk about the Kobe Ashi question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was very partridge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where you want me to go with this. I'm, I'm kind of, like, I'm very rarely stumped for words, but I don't know. There's, a, there's something just happened in the past couple of minutes that I'm quite. Uh, uh, get, let's get your kind of. We, we've covered the St. Mirren game uh, through this week. We had the agenda. We had the reaction to the St. Mirren game. We discussed it on the agenda along with all the kind of breaking news over the weekend. And in the review, there was a tactical breakdown of it. Kind of your kind of kind of brief thoughts before we move on to the Aberdeen game. On the St Mirren game? St Mirren game. Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned earlier on, I think for large periods of that game, Celtic were not very good. I think some of the credit needs to go to um, St Mirren for that. Well organised. We've seen that earlier on in the season when they beat us at St Mirren Park. Um, the sending off, I probably had a huge effect on the game. You know, clear sending off um, and that kind of changed things. But... I think it also showed, just that even if it was just a small cameo against a team already beaten um, and down to 10 men, that Rio Hitati is just a phenomenal football player. Um, sometimes, you know, it's like when Larson played for us. Now, I'm not saying he's at Larson's level because that's, you know, blasphemy. You're not allowed to do that with Henrik and, and other players. But even though he was really good consistently and you've seen him do all these things every week, even then, every now and again, you still had to go, what a footballer he is. Mm. Hitati's like that for me. You you know, you talk about the superlatives, you talk about his range of passing, you talk about some of the goals he scores, you talk about his energy, and it's all there and you repeat it over and over again. And then at some moments, you still just have to go, what a footballer. I mean, that last goal where he played the ball out to Abada. walks into it, man. He just walks walks in. in. He points to the spot where he wants the ball, puts it into the top corner and... I know St Mirren were, were out of the game by then and reduced to 10 men and stuff like that. But still, just it was just so effortless. He is a phenomenal football player. So the game overall, even though we won 5-1, it was one to forget. It wasn't a very good performance, but you know when you've seen that wee cameo from Hitati at the end, it was worth it. Uh, Paul, your thoughts? Aye, uh, 70 really boring minutes. Um, I was, thank God, sitting next to Chris Bowie to just you know, get me entertained for that 70 minutes. But I, I feel like the substitution's changed everything. I think, like, yeah, I've got to echo what Samani's saying about Hatate. He's unbelievable. He's this season, you know, it's almost like he, he he gave us a little kind of preview last season. This is what I can do when I've had a good sleep. And he had a good sleep <laughs> and he woke up. And I've, I mean, he's had one or two games where he's maybe not quite been firing. But yeah. even in that, what puts 25 minutes? Changed the game for us. I single-handedly changed the game. Thought actually O'Reilly was was great when he came on too. Um, uh, I also really enjoy the fact that we've now got two guys that can score penalties. So I thought Hatati's penalty was really good. Mm. Um, I let Aaron Moy take them when he's when he's on the pitch. Um, the uh, stuffy, boring, um, frustrating. Uh, I thought St. Man did pretty well. It was a really kind of odd. Sort of five three two, they were sort of playing, but I just they just didn't let us play our game. Um, and I I don't know whether that's this is a template for beating us or whether this is actually St. Mirren are better than 
folk think they are. Um, interesting. Good points. Uh, we got a question that's not on the rundown, but I'll just I'll go to it. Um, it's from a, our good friend, a Jambo Roy, uh, who asks, "How many chances to start? How many more? Ch- how many more chances uh, to start do you see for Turnbull moving forward? He really failed to take it against St. Mid, in my opinion. Also conscious." None of the starters flourished. Uh, cheers, Jamboroy. Um, it's a good question. Um, Turnbull's the one that we always kind of highlight because I think we all uh, want him to succeed. Um, I think we're all kind of fans of him. There's lots of, we always, again, put these caveats out about, like, um, you know, he's a good player, but maybe doesn't fit in the system, etc. Um, but I thought he was really, really poor. Um, against yeah. it, and I thought I thought Moy was really poor against it, as well. So it's it's kind of hard to you know pick someone out. But the reason I the reason I think Jamboroy's picking him out, and I think most of us would pick him out, is because he's going to get less and less opportunities to shine, especially as the kind of big games come in. Paul, your thoughts on David Turnbull? Uh, he and Moy can't play together. I think for starters, um, I think that's just quite obvious to everybody. Um, he. I think is he kind of deserved to start at the weekend because he's come on, scored some goals, had some nice wee cameos, and again we're all rooting for David Turnbull, but he's he's the fifth choice centre mid for me probably. Um, I just don't think he's. I just don't think. I think the team has improved, and I think David Turnbull has stayed where he was. Um, God love him. Essentially, is all I've got to say. I I, I think he should move for the for the good of his career, but he would go with well wishes. Um, I just don't think this the way we're playing now suits his style of play at all, and that's not fair on him because he's a great midfielder. The opportunities are probably going to kind of get less and less as the season goes on, or will they, Chris? Maybe he will. Maybe he's still going to get time. I mean, I don't know. When I mean, he wasn't he wasn't good, and it was almost like his opportunity because you'd have Matt O'Reilly sitting in the bench going, you know, I want to be out there. I want to be playing football. Um, and then he comes on, and he's. And I know, I know it's the seventieth minute, and I know that it's the whole tiring teams down. So maybe if Turnbull had came on in O'Reilly's place, then you know he might have had the bad. But you just, I, I just personally, I feel like he's not taking these opportunities when he's getting them. No, and I mean, Moy was poor as well, and I think a lot of people put that down to the lack of legs in there. Shall we say, like if Hitati, Hitati had been, you know, on the park, then you probably would have got more out of Moy, and you. Might have got more out of Turnbull, you know. The difference between Moy and Turnbull is, see, even if he does need Hitati beside him to do his running, when somebody's doing his running for him, he's been absolutely excellent for us in a number of games. Mm-hmm. Turnbull's not been. No. I'm not saying he's had some good games, he's had some nice cameos, he's had a few goals. But the difference between Moy and, you know, when you've seen Moy's performance and Turnbull's performance, you could argue over who was worse. But you know for a fact that Turnbull, uh, sorry, Moy has put in. Significantly better performances when the balance in the midfield's been better. Turnbull hasn't. So, uh, you know, we've talked about Turnbull quite a lot. I had hoped and expected that he would kick on. That's not happened just now. The manager is persistent with him. You know, it's not like this is your last chance saloon. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come on on Saturday in 60 minutes or something like that. Uh, maybe he sees something that we don't and he'll kick on. But for me right now, he's 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 nowhere near that first team. No, um, I thought a lot of the the kind of first team that's the team that started. I thought they really. 
I thought everyone was poor. I mean, other than the substitutes coming on, um, as you mentioned, Rio Hatati um, and uh, our good friend Matt O'Reilly and O scoring his goal as well, which was great to see. Um, really yeah. good finish. I got a real, like, where we were sitting, that, that was, the crowd really, really popped for that. Uh, Dyson played well, by the way. Yeah, of let's, course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, you know, um, it, but it's just... Dyson, first name terms. Yeah, of course. It's on the back of his shirt. Dyson. Yeah, but... So? <laughs> call Van Dyke Virgil? It's on the back of his shirt, aye? <laughs> yeah, but you... Yeah, I'll leave it <laughs> Jesus. Um, Do not write down an edit point. Put that in. <laughs> it's real. It's real. <laughs> I will not write an edit I would, point. Whatever you said, I would have said the opposite anyway. So, aye. like, yeah. No, that's it. I uh, got a question I forgot from... how much of an absolute shit you can be so <laughs> yep. <please>. Hello. <laughs> uh, got, a shot, uh, got a question from Sean, but we'll, I think we'll pick that up on the weekend update tomorrow because uh, uh, we're a bit tight for time. So, Sean, listen out for that. Uh, Celtic versus Aberdeen, um, Saturday, 3pm. Uh, general thoughts on this game. Aberdeen, they are coming off a 3-1 victory over Motherwell. Uh, at the was at the weekend, yeah, it was at the weekend. Um, but the the run from there, uh, obviously they, they get beat three one by St Mirren. They get beat six nil by Hibs. They lost to Darvel. Uh, Hearts beat them five nil. Rangers took the we took Rangers to extra time in that semi final. Um, but still uh, lost two one. They're in a horrendous run of form. Um, what's your th- what's your think what's your thinking, Chris? Because it's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? Um, yeah, oh, that's it. Maybe I'm, you know. I mean, the, the, the Goodwin's gone, and who's in charge now? Barry Robson. Barry Robson. Barry Robson. Right. Okay. So Goodwin was obviously, you know, that that he had to get the bullet after the results. I mean, the, the Darvel result was bad enough. I mean, the most so embarrassing was. thing was being taking the extra time, taking, you know, <laughs> beating extra time off Rangers to get beat six 0 after that. After that Darvel result was just the nail in the coffin. So that's why he's gone. So that's not there at the club anymore. They've managed to beat them. Uh, Motherwell, so they've got 3-1. I wouldn't be expecting I mean, we should not be expecting anything other than a fairly comfortable win against them, though. They're not a good side. They've got a, you know, a, a, a kind of temporary manager in. We've played them a number of times this season. Yeah. yeah it's, that's it's, as confident as I've been about a game on here for a long time. But generally speaking, home... You know, we're in good form. We've got players who, you know, a number of options that we can bring on. We've talked about Haksabanovic. The bench looks strong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a hard one to kind of like... We're, we're, we will do a, a full preview on the weekend update. Uh, we'll do some tactical analysis and we will speak to another Aberdeen podcast and get their perspective on how they think Aberdeen will line up because they'll know better than we will. Um, Paul, how are you feeling? That's going to minute this game. Yeah, it's a hard one to call. Ach, uh, well, the, the first game of the season was a wee bit of a slog, 2-0. Um, got the result eventually. Uh, we played, well, we've played well in Pataudry, we just couldn't... Yeah. You know, yeah. take advantage of McGregor, Yeah, McGregor, McGregor, obviously that goal was, was pretty special. I think, I think, uh, and you will say the players don't have an eye in the cup final. I think they probably will have an eye in the cup final. But this for me, this is the game where you play Haksabanovic because if you can get him a bit more match fit, he has an option if it's not going well at Hampton. Um, uh, also, if Kyogo's, you know, did you expect Kyogo to play in Saturday? I know we don't know. Against but... Aberdeen, no. I don't. No. Okay. I definitely don't. I think. I think he might start. Oh, this game. I think you know he scored a goal in the last game. He's. He's. I mean, there's no lack of effort from that guy, and he is exciting. Um, and a game at home is the right time to do it. 
um, against I, a struggling side. I think I think he'll play a strong team. He should play a strong team, um, but but have the option to you know take off your key players after about 65, 70 minutes. Um, but I, I'd love to see Haksabanovic start this game. I'm, I'm desperate to see more of him. I'm, he really excites me, and being unlucky with injuries, there's something there with that player, uh, and this is a good game to get him in as well. Can I switch your thoughts in regards to obviously the cup finals a week away? We don't have a midweek game, which is pretty good means we can kind of focus and uh, kind of train and get ready for it do you think he'll go as strong as he can yeah I don't think he'll take his eye off the ball just because we'll get Rangers a week later I mean as much as I've just basically said we should squish it because it's Aberdeen it's still Aberdeen Celtic Park I think we'll pay the game as much respect as it needs now whether or not it's natural to think forward to the League Cup I don't think you can think forward to it properly until you get this game out of the way. So I think they'll be professional enough that, okay, it might be kind of hovering about in the background, but generally speaking, they'll be concentrating on this. Then it's full focus on the League Cup going forward. So I don't think he's going to make any significant changes. I think he's going to play a strong side. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see him, you know, downgrading this in terms of these uh, approach to it just because we're playing them the week after. Yes, uh, Celtic Aberdeen. There will be a reaction uh, that will happen straight after the game uh, from the thirteenth. No, uh, we'll be doing a reaction from there, um, which will be available after the game. Uh, and uh, next week uh, on the weekly, we'll be looking ahead to Rangers. Full focus on that and our. Rangers coverage starts on Sunday with a retrospective look at the 6-2 demolition derby the Senate Chronicles uh, it should be fantastic uh, we're going to finish on a question questions from Kevin uh, Kevin asks even in trips if you had to pick a best 11 from Lennon's first spell to now who would you pick are any Ange signings making the cut so Kevin uh I've actually, instead of going from uh, Lennon, I've decided just in terms of time, we're going from Rogers. So it's less players because we could be here all night. It's a great question, Kevin. Kevin actually gave his team. His team was, let me just get it for you. Kevin's team was um, Foster, Lustig, Van Dyke, Ayer, Tierney, Brown, Rogic, McGregor, Sinclair, Forrest and Dembele. Um, so a lot of those players are actually, with the exception of Van Dyke, Virgil oh, to me. Virgil. Um, those players kind of uh, fit within our sort of thing. So what what formation do you want to go, Chris? 4-3-3. 4-3-3. The only formation. Okay, goalkeepers, we've got... Forrester. Yeah. Move on. Hang on, is this... A, is this do we... Is it like a bagsy or is it like a... What's the situation? Ah, you, can just, you can both pick the same team if you okay. like. Um, so I've only picked a, a chosen teams that had at least... Pl- players that had at least 10 league games. Okay. okay. 10 league games. Foster. Yep. Here were the options. Gordon, Foster, Bain, Barkas, Hart. Oh, sorry. Bain. Obviously. Shout out to my fellow Baniacs. Love it. Uh, Foster, though. Uh, why don't you do it together, right? You, you, you can be in the same team. So, left uh, back. You're the assistant manager. <laughs> There's absolutely no chance to assistant, be the assistant manager. Assistant to the manager. <laughs> uh, left back, Izagiri, Tierney, Taylor, Bolingoli, Bernabai, Laxalt, or Montgomery. Christ. I mean, it's KT. It's KT, yeah. Kieran Tierney is your left back. Uh, right back, Lustig, Gamboa, Toljan, <laughs> Frimpong, El Hamed, Kenny, Ralston, Juranovic. There's two standouts. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mikael Lustig guy, but I love JJ as well. No Frimpong? Well, 
Oh fuck, I forgot about Frimpong. Yeah, the, only reason, the only reason, the only reason, right? Oh, Lo- longevity, you probably got to pick peak Lustig, right? I mean, you don't. You but, can pick whoever. No, you, you want. can pick who you want. I'd love, 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 love to have seen Frimpong in an Ange team. Is Frimpong your pick? No, I'm just telling you that. Okay, I, I, I mean, he's, there's rumours that he's going to Man United for fifty million quid. Cha-ching, um, cha-ching, um, stonks. Right? Am oh, I right? Jesus. You can't, you can't say a meme. That does, <laughs> that's not how it works. It's visual. Um, right? Who are you picking? Who's your right back? What? I don't know. You can't say a meme. I like that. I like it. Uh, Maybe. I'm deferring to you, Paul. Uh, as long just, as you pick Lustig, you've just got me. Ex- you've got me really excited about Frimpong. Let's go Frimpong. Fuck it. Frimpong? Let's, let's, this is an attacking Celtic team. So Frimpong also um, scored goals. Okay, Frimpong it is. Um, Centre back, you've got, uh, you need two, of course. Turi, Samunovic, Boyata, Svia, Jesus. Turi, Samunovic, Boyata, Sviachenko, Ayer, Henry, Benkovic, Julian, uh, Welsh, Duffy, Starfelt, Scales, CCV, and Jens. That's oh, a it? lot. It's a lot of defenders. A lot of shite. Right, so well, you pick one up. Well, one. we've not, we've not had. Aye, right. We're doing it for Rogers, so there's no Van Dyke. No. I'll have CCV. CCV. Do you want me to go through them again, Paul? Or uh, yeah. Do you not just want Ayer? Yeah, just go for Ayer. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Just I, mean, I was like, it was, I was between Ayer and Boyata, but I know I'll get stuck for picking Boyata, so let's go for Ayer. Okay, so um, your midfield, so. Uh, you need three midfielders, central midfielders. Uh, here they are. Bitton, Brown, Armstrong, Henderson, Liam Henderson, uh, Ryan Christie, Rogic, McGregor, Cham, Sorrow, Turnbull, McCarthy, O'Reilly, Hatati, Moy. McGregor's a must. Agreed. McGregor, okay. Is McGregor in the six or the eight? Six. He's on the park. <laughs> We're working, still working. Okay, this out. McGregor's McGregor's. A... I think I think Hatati is as one of the greatest midfielders I've seen in years. Agreed. Hat eight is there? Not to pronounce how you spell it. Hat eight. Okay, and I mean, I'll read them again. Bitton, Brown, Armstrong, uh, Henderson, Christie, Rogic, McGregor, and Cham, Sorrow, Turnbull, McCarthy, O'Reilly, Hatati, Moy. I mean, there's a man in that list of um, players there who. Could do things with the ball at his feet that very few other players can. <laughs> you're not. You're not. <laughs> Everyone's going to turn off. You're not. You are. You're not. I'll give Sarmani the final pick. Uh, domestic Thomas denied. <sighs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> ah. uh, he's off. He's in the bench. Don't you worry about that. Keys uh, a list. Oh, there, is, there is no bench, brother. <laughs> there is no bench brother alright alright Hogan there is no bench brother <laughs> there is no bench whatever great podcast yeah good podcast <laughs> yes yes I mean in fact it is Tam in fact it's Tam or Brown just uh, you, you know just go for it Tam or Brown I'm deferring to you Paul I want, I want to be entertained Tam please there we go Tam Rogic so therefore uh, McGregor goes into the six. Okay. No, no, no. It's three tens. We're playing three tens. You want entertained? Yeah. Right, okay. No bother. Three tens. Uh, so striker. We'll go for striker before we go wingers. Or do you want to go wingers? Striker's an easy one for me. I think we might Musa. agree on this. Musa. Yeah. Yeah. Dembele. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. No bother. 
Uh, right, uh, and uh, you didn't want to go with uh, Oliver Burke, no? <laughs> the Fuck. empty hard drive. <laughs> Where is he now? Oliver he's, at Mil- he's at Millwall. I scored the other day. I scored the other day. Like this first goal he scored in about oh, 40 good years. Good for him. Good love him. Wingers. So we need two from you uh, for a front three. Uh, Read them out, Chris. S- Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, no. Jamie, Jamie guy, Stephen. Patrick Roberts. James Forrest. He's in the bench. Uh, <laughs> He's also on the bench. Uh, Sinclair, Hayes, Mikey Johnson, Weah, uh, uh, Moy Ilyanusi, Jota, Abada, Maida, Haksabanovic. <sighs> Is there anyone that jumps out? Oh, there's a couple of outstanding, entertaining, talented um, players like Sinclair and Jota, I think, are the two most talented out of that list. I'd have one of them. We're very left side heavy. Yeah. That's the problem. Do you know who do you know who's a, who's been a brilliant winger for Celtic? Is James Forrest. Do you want to have a bit of experience and a bit of um Gail, Sermani? Why do you hate Gail, Sermani? Because he's a terrible he's character. The worst <laughs> character in Street Fighter. Pathetic. Um, um I'll like Blanca because he's green. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why do you pick one each? Uh, Patrick Roberts <laughs> Jota Jota and Patrick Roberts Fuck it, Patrick Roberts Listen, Patrick Roberts at Celtic was a special time I'm going to get pelted for that <laughs> I don't think so I think everyone likes Patrick Roberts I don't know man uh, So Manny, you've got a look of like mm... No, I mean, I was Roberts' biggest fan um, More than Sinclair Aye, Roberts and um, Frimpong in the right. Oh, that's delightful. This is the Chris Armani and Paul Carlin. Uh, they've broke the conundrum. The uh, Rogers, Lennon uh, and Postacoglu oh. conundrum. In goal, Fraser Foster. I can't play out for the back. <laughs> uh, Kieran Tierney's at left back. Uh, we've got Jeremy Frimpong at right back. You've got CCV and Ayer in midfield. They've just got three number 10s of McGregor, Hatati, and Rogic. And up front, uh, Dembele. Musa Dembele is flanked by Jota on the left. Yes. And Patrick no, Roberts. James Forrest. That team, James Forrest offers better balance than Patrick Roberts. James Forrest and Musa Dembele I, together I, was, was... I gave him the, the call. If he wants to change it to James Forrest, it's changed. So ahead of Maeda, Max Haksabanovic, Abada. Yes. Definitely ahead Timothy of Timothy Weah. Oh, yes. mm, is it too late to James, change my mind? James Forrest? Yeah. Okay. So, on the bench, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Bain, uh, um, uh, James McCarthy, uh, Klamala, and... Uh, oh, let's get rocking, yeah. Forrest, KT, CCV, IR, Frimpong, McGregor, Hatati, Rogic, Jota, Dembele, and of course, James Forrest. Uh, great question, uh, Kevin. Uh, so Our teams are very, very similar, with the exception of uh, Virgil van Dijk, but great stuff. Um, lots coming up uh, next week on The Cynic. Um, content every single day. Uh, we've got our build-up to the Celtic uh, League Cup final. Starts Ooh. on Sunday with the Cynic uh, Chronicles looking at the 6-2 game. Then we've got plenty of stuff. So check us out, thecynic.co, for all your Celtic needs. Uh, Christopher Samani, it's been an absolute joy. Wonderful. What a Thursday.
What a Thursday. Paul Carlin, thank you for stepping in, and I'm sure we'll see you very soon. My pleasure. Good to see you, lads. Great stuff. From Chris Omani, from Paul Carlin, from myself, Chris Gallagher, this has been The Cynic Weekly, and we'll speak to you down the road.